0: happening everyone? Welcome to Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide and tonight I'm joined by Dogbot. What's up?
1: Oh, not much. It's a very blessed day today. Uh, very glad to be here today.
0: Right on. Thanks for joining us. Also joining us, Reinhard von Krieger. Hello.
2: What's up? Uh, it is my hump day, but it is also a blessed day.
0: Right on. Jack the Intern over in the corner taking notes. Hello. How you doing, guys? All right. Whoa. I think there's an an insect or something flying around the room. Also
3: joining this week,
0: all the way from the land of the rising sun, Mr. Alt Skull.
4: Hello. Hey. Always happy to be, be here, guys. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. All right. I'm also having a great day today. Today's my Friday. But I still have to work tomorrow, so it's, I hate, you know when people do that thing where they work, where it's Friday, but they're working on Saturday, and they say, oh, it's, th- it's my Thursday. You, you know what I mean? Or like, today's my Friday. I, I'm sorry, Reinhardt, you did say today was your home day. But that is like such an annoying office person thing to do.
1: Right, but he, did, he didn't uh, no, mean but, that but, in but, a way, he, he didn't mean that in a way that it was his Wednesday, though.
0: N- yes, he did.
2: I mean, it, it technically is my Wednesday, but my work schedule isn't like Monday to Friday at all.
0: Right, your work schedule like rotates weekly, and it's really weird. And yeah,
2: so. yeah, it just runs continuously.
4: Yeah, but no, the people today is are- my Saturday, and I'm working. So does that make it my Friday?
0: Yes, that would be. The, I guess nope, that's still that's the Saturday. Way. It's it's Saturday. It's, it's just, just Saturday. It's just Saturday. It's just Saturday. For you?
1: tomorrow is Sunday. It's it's. Today is still Saturday for Reinhardt. Right. Tomorrow will be Sunday for him. (laughs) Right, 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 right.
0: That's the thing is when people do that, they're changing the meaning of the words. Oh, look at that. People
2: changing the meaning of the words.
0: Hey. Hey, how about that?
2: Way to to call attention to your cigu.
0: (laughs) Way to call attention to my cigu. I didn't even mean to. Actually, what I meant, what I really wanted to do is I thought we should actually like have some sort of a word of, of prayer or something before the show, the way everything was going. Good Lord. Like. Somebody's trying to keep us from speaking, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. You always know when it's going to be a good one because the internet starts acting up or something.
2: Who would or ever my- want to yeah. keep our voices from being heard?
0: Hmm. hmm. I wonder who. It could be. It could be the Jews. could be the Jews. Is there somebody? Does somebody have like a mouse running around? there? That right there. Whatever that was. What was that? Holy cow.
2: I think that uh, might have been skulls. It's me. No. I I do,
4: I'm not doing anything, I swear to God.
0: Okay. There was like <laughs> a scratchy, soundy thing. All right. Well, I'll, I'll have to go in there and edit that. But
4: yeah. Anyhow.
0: We are, we are approaching the end of season six. Finally. Guys. Finally. It's the home stretch. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Uh, I forgot the rest of the words. But. We're gonna we're gonna end this season on uh, hopefully it'll be just a two part series. Maybe we don't have to carry it into three and four parts. But uh, welcome to the language uh, episode that we've been teasing for for so long.
1: Hey, and a partridge in a pear tree. That's
0: right. That's right. Those are all words, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible song. That is like my least favorite of all Christmas songs. Is it? Is,
2: uh... Twelve Days of Christmas. Oh, man. Whoever yeah. whoever wrote that had an unhealthy obsession with birds.
1: Yeah, they. That's a lot of effing birds. When when you're done, <laughs> like with when you're done with all twelve days, you have a lot of birds that you did not expect to take care of prior to the twelve days of Christmas.
3: You mean drones?
0: Right. There's not many. There's not much taking care of as long as you have power lines.
2: So twelve days of Christmas is a Fed song.
0: Always, Always has been. Beat him to it. all right uh besides the christmas you know what you know we we haven't talked about this but we didn't do the oh hi there i have a visitor how are you doing
5: This (laughs) is George. yeah all
0: right time for visitors to go to bed oh that was cute all right it was a little christmas visitor guys what'd you think but uh what are we talking about? Oh, Christmas songs. A few years ago, I made a wager that you couldn't find a Christmas song that wasn't written by a Jew. And uh, Bradshaw won. is a $50 bet, and he collected on it. And the only one that anybody could find was Carol of the Bells.
1: I don't even know which one that is. That's the...
0: Never heard of it. You know the one.
1: What uh, What about my favorite retail... My favorite retail days uh, Christmas song, the Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Stop it. Oh, my no. God.
0: Even before you even said that, it started playing in my head. How did that happen?
1: Da, 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 da. Yeah,
4: yeah, man. Gross. That, that song's probably great. written by. It was certainly written by a Jew. Oh and, yeah, uh, and I mean, it's not like she writes her own music. No,
1: every, that's that's Jack, the whole. Can thing. you find out who wrote? Can you find out who wrote "All I Want for Christmas Is
4: You" by Mariah Carey, please? Well, I don't know, Jack. Don't do that. We don't need it. Before that was the Santa Baby song, which is just the most disgusting song I've ever heard as well. And it was really, it really cemented in the materialism of, of Christmas. It's mm. this woman that's just talking, telling Santa. Well, she makes sexual innuendos about Santa when he comes down the chimney and then she suggests that she wants uh I, like items that finally culminate in a platinum mine. She asks for a platinum mine for Christmas. A platinum mine. You know the song Wasn't I'm talking about the
2: kit? Yeah. Who did that song? Earth the Baby. No, 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 no.
4: Dude, that er- one. Eartha
0: Kit is Have you ever seen the movie Boomerang? Yeah. that Catwoman. She's the old black lady from Boomerang that was like coming on to Eddie Murphy. That's Eartha Kitt.
4: That's Cat Catwoman.
0: The original Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, the original Catwoman was like that weird light-skinned yeah, yeah. black chick, yeah. So is it yeah, so yeah. I guess it wouldn't be blackening the part. They actually they actually whited up the part with Michelle Pfeiffer, I guess, huh?
2: I mean, originally she was white well, in the I, comics, anyway. In the
4: comics, she was white, obviously. But in
2: the, in the first
0: Batman's, she was Earth the Kit, right? So she was black.
4: Yeah, it was. She was black a long time ago. I mean, she was Catwoman a long time ago, right? Anyway, Yeah, she was black the whole time. Yeah, Earth. Well,
1: Kit. I think I think the Fat Boys "I've Got a Christmas Boner" is not written by a Jew. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, there's not there's not a song that I got a Christmas boner by the Fat Boys. Stop it.
1: Former Fat Boys.
0: Okay. See, so you're now you're moving the goalposts. So like you made that up, and now you're making up this part.
1: No, no. I think I think they're called. I think I think they can't use the name the Fat Boys anymore. So they're using a yeah. I have a Google to you. Former now. Fat Boys.
0: Okay. So
2: wait, Eartha kit was never Catwoman.
0: No.
4: Really?
2: really? No. Wait a okay, I was
4: no, okay, cat, I, guess, uh, I guess I was just being racist. Hold on,
2: yeah, I just looked it up. She, didn't, yeah, she wasn't Catwoman.
0: Who was it then? Who the
4: fuck was Catwoman? I thought it was her. Uh, Halle Berry. Halle Berry did. No, like, yeah, but like there was one day before that. I was pretty
2: sure. Am I wrong? Um, oh no, she did in 1968. Yeah, it just right? wasn't coming up on her filmography. Yeah. I
0: know my
1: uh, black ladies Christmas and Hollis wasn't written by Jews either what that's the Run DMC Christmas song have oh you ever God. heard that one <laughs>
0: Shit. I'm pretty sure it was Rick Rubin was Those involved it cool. doesn't have to be written it, produced, no, it
1: was produced played by it was written by Daryl McDaniels okay. Joseph Simmons and Jam Master J Joseph Simmons
0: is a Jew yeah, Joseph Simmons, Joseph Simmons on, is yeah. a Jew dude it's russell simmons brother russell simmons is a jew he's rick rubin's partner rick rubin's is a jew def jam records is in the original whatever i forgot what what was rick rubin's company it was def jam and whatever slayer was on originally was it def jam
4: Jam was one of his yeah
0: yeah what was rick rubin's original the metal what the hell was slayer uh
2: Wait, was Russell Simmons the guy who did the... Uh, the Deaf comedy jam. Uh, Harriet Tubman sex tape?
0: Harriet Tubman... I mean, he looks like he could have played her in it.
2: Yeah, that was him. Okay. That was back in like 2013, 2014. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's a Jew. Yeah. Harriet yeah. Tubman porn.
0: I mean, come on, Metal Blade—that's yeah, yeah. what it Simmons was. Is a it was Metal Blade Records and Def Jam Records. So, yeah, they Rick. Wait, Drew, Russell Simmons? Russell Simmons and Daryl Simmons the is black his brother. One? Yes, Russell Simmons, Def Comedy Jam. You he's know, off he,
4: or something. he's he. Yeah, started, yeah, yeah. weird looking.
0: He's a very strange looking Jewish black man, and. Him and oh, yeah, him and him and Rick Rubin met up at NYU, and they each formed their own record company. And out of them came the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, Slayer, and whoever else was on Metal Blade in the eighties. So okay,
2: yeah, War, weren't they on?
0: There's so many bands on Metal Blade. Okay, but- so
1: Walter Walter Af- and, Af- and is the one who wrote "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Uh, I don't know if that's Jewish or not.
0: I'm gonna go with yeah, but at least it, well, yeah, they're either written by, produced by like musicians or the actual artist was Jewish. And the only one that we could come up with that wasn't completely was, well, Bradshaw did was uh, Carol of the Bells.
2: That's pretty. That's, that's which is written pretty. by a Ukrainian guy,
0: right? Which yeah, we we tried. We looked back, and he's actually Ukrainian. But point being is that there's so nothing. There's nothing about stop talking about. There's nothing about modern day Christmas anymore that isn't Jewish. There was that movie um I forgot what movie it's from but it's a it's a Christmas movie and this little Jewish kid is kind of like walking down the street kicking kicking at the snow and the Santa Claus standing on the corner is like what's the matter kid? And he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm Jewish and it's Christmas and there's nobody to play with or whatever." And and the Santa's obviously Jewish and he starts telling the kid, "Oh, well if it wasn't for Jews, you know, Christmas wouldn't be what it is." It talks about all the Jewish aspects of Christmas and it's like you know how they brag about that shit and and Americans are like, No, Jews gave us Christmas.
2: They do a very tongue-in-cheek brag. Right,
0: right, right. And, and you know, it's always like the scruffy Jew Santa on the corner, right? And it's like and he's like starts naming the songs, you, you know this song? Yeah, you know that song, huh? Both written by Jews. It's like fuck.
1: Oh, Walter is Jewish, and Kenny G helped write the song. All right. Well, there you All go. I want for Christmas they, is used. Okay. So Kenny G is definitely Jewish. Thank you. Thank
0: you for the okay, thorough see. for the thorough posting of the information. That dog dogbot. We were on the edge of our seats waiting for that. Appreciate. It. I know.
1: I just I, listen. I didn't want to leave anything open for the comment section because I know how brutal some people can really get in that comment section. When they you don't they really get after it, sometimes. Right. When
0: you don't provide them the full information uh on the on whatever we're talking about somebody still has a scratchy mic
1: right and and i'm talking it's it's skull and i'm talking about the comment section on paranormies.com i'm not really familiar with any other potential comment sections right and don't forget on that's me
0: like every now and then there's like a a scratchy something coming through on your end strange
4: it's yeah no, it's it's my blown uh, i'm telling it's my blown speakers this is as good as i can i can put y'all basically on zero volume oh no and then you can't hear anything i apologize i'll oh, get okay. a
2: headset okay. next time It's okay we can we can work on it's okay yeah that's okay. fine yeah sorry it's
0: fine people will have to deal with a little bit of scratchiness okay if you're listening with headphones i'm so sorry. sorry about my scratchiness everybody yes
2: yeah all right
0: um but yeah christmas is is very dewy. And especially now that Santa Incorporated has has been, you know, like just completely attempted to ruin the entire thing. Um, Did you guys catch the cope that uh, the reason why... I don't know. There was was somebody... Somebody said something about... The reason why nobody... No, no, there was no pushback. Was because uh, all all of our guys had gotten in there so quickly. It was just such a such a such a stupendously quick raid that there was no way for the um, the Santa Inc Defense Force, the SIDF, the SS, the S I I D F, the S I I D F, the Santa Inc IDF, didn't have a chance because our uh, assault team was just
3: too quick on the draw with the comments. That's what happened. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That's retarded. That's
1: as dumb as me finding out that Valinor is really its really an analogy for Israel.
0: I have no what? idea what you're talking about. Stop. Just leave it. Leave it. Skull, do you want, you want to let everybody know how retarded you because think that
4: elves is? Because elves
2: are Jews I, I just, now?
4: Because I, I don't even know what that meant. But I mean, don't. Like, as, as it's, if it's YouTube doesn't Post. have the ability to uh, shut things down when they don't want it shut down they let it go and go and go and it was just walls of comments and hey we're we're, we're winning the meme war guys we won the meme w- war we, more. we mm. won mm. Mm.
2: sure you did yeah yes you don't win anything you're not allowed you can't win anything they scra- still aired it
0: right through your you know spell casting through your scrying screen all right we'll get to that too oh lord
4: And now they have all this new data on people. I I mean, I'm not saying they're coming to your house and they're going to kick down your door, but they know more things about you and how you operate and what you react to and how they can manipulate you and control you and push your buttons. And isn't that convenient for them? And how are we going to use any of that? But we owned the uh Sarah Silverman and uh, Seth Rogen, didn't we? They, they how will they ever recover from their million dollar mansions in Hollywood?
0: I don't know. I don't, I actually I think they won't. I don't I Pretty don't quickly. think I don't think the possibility of yeah. recovery is Oh, you guys both think they'll recover? Okay, fine. Fine. I was going to say there's no chance of they recover. You know, I mean, that was the ultimate. like literally, the ultimate BTFO was like I mean, to know, having
2: having cover from something. You have to lose,
0: right? Yeah, right. I mean, but they lost so hard, dude. I mean, didn't you see? Didn't you see those Mein Kampf quotes just you know, Christmasized?
4: Did you not see a Goebbels quote about elves? I mean, they were funny. the The memes were funny, but like it's a it's an exercise in masturbation ultimately when especially when they're laughing at you because they've gotten you know they've been able to trigger you and push your buttons and then get all this new data uh, oh. from you it's ugh.
0: it wasn't an op- there's no way it was an op it was an organic event yeah just like every other event it's an organic event speaking of organic events um we we I swear we have a lot of content guys uh but uh the crumbly Parents were arrested and charged with terrorism as well. I believe. Ethan Crumbly's parents. Anybody?
2: Yeah, who? apparently. Yeah. I,
0: the, the kid, the kid who I, shot I up the, the school, The right kid
2: that they that they yeah. shoved in the news. Yeah. Michigan shooting.
1: I know. I, it's just that I, I'm surprised we're I'm surprised they haven't given us three other things to talk about. Right. Since then. I mean, technically, should we still be talking about the fact that some freaking anti-white terrorist ran over people at a parade? Right. And and that's been tried again in like two other places. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. And did you know that you would think as much as we heard about James Fields that we would hear a lot more about this?
0: I haven't heard anything about this. I mean, like, it's basically been memory hold. Other than the fact that the dancing grannies were back this past weekend Marching in yet another Christmas Good parade for them. In, in, in Waukesha. Waukesha. You can still say it black even for saying it that way. Waukesha.
1: <laughs> you know the mayor does.
0: Right. The mayor The mayor gets on one knee, puts the fist up, Did and says just, Waukesha.
1: They make up like less than 3% of the population, but somehow the mayor is black yeah oh kind of like that one town in maine where it's 90 percent white but they have a somali uh, lewiston don't even don't even get me started
0: yeah don't even get me started on lewiston oh it's terrible i've been there it is terrible i was there in 2017 and it was bad then it was that was before john q wrote that book about it um it's the way the way life should be. You remember that book he wrote about the problem that's going on with the with the Somali relocation? Yeah, yeah. with using Maine yeah, uh, as a, yeah, as the focal point. But yeah, it's pretty fucked up what's going on. Up I there.
1: didn't get that book. I had gotten the God That Failed. That one was really good.
0: I haven't checked that one out.
1: Uh The one about neoliberalism.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Um. Man, that's a name I haven't I got, you know what? I haven't f- actually never finished reading it mostly because I know what's going on up there cuz that's where my, my like a large portion of my family is from Maine. Um, so like I know what's going on up there but it's it's really messed up, man. It's like again, it's it's the whitest, coldest places in, in the United States, they're dropping literal African niggers. Like p- people who are used to it being like 90 mm. all the time, at least
2: Lovecraft exited the stage at the right time, yeah, yeah, he did.
1: 1938. Well, hey, dude, he look at what happened. Look at <laughs> what, this. Place. We, were, we were do what, what that whole area was doomed in the like before World War II.
0: When was Is Stephen King bad? born? When was Stephen oh, King yeah. born? That's
4: yeah. 19? Probably around yeah, probably around nineteen thirty eight. Maybe
0: that's what I'm 15, saying. Forty seven. Forty seven. Well, he had a, he had a premonition. So. Forty seven. Yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft had a premonition. He's like, I'm out of here.
4: Yeah, there's there's a weird uh, ft there's a weird ftm coming. Get out of there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Man, Stephen King is a very ugly like, woman. Like, nope, I'm out, guys. He he's such an ugly woman, Stephen King. Yes. He's Jewish, right?
1: I don't know, but when you look at a young Stephen King, I I don't even know what to describe that physiognomy. That, I, I don't I don't know what combination of ethnic characteristics have to come together to create
2: something that looks like that.
0: She looks like Billie Jean. It's King. It's really weird. It's the tennis player, Billie Jean King.
2: So Stephen King's or yeah, Stephen King's dad was a merchant seaman, and Ooh. while no longer believing in God after being raised Methodist, he believes in the existence of a God. So Jewish. I almost spit my tea out when you said
1: merchant seaman. Right, (laughs) that's literally what it says. I,
2: yeah,
0: that's pretty funny.
2: (laughs) Oh my god! So he's a merchant marine, right? But But does he not look like said that instead?
0: Does he not look like (laughs) Billie Jean King? You guys, like young Stephen King, looks like he could be related to Billie Jean King. Maybe they're clones of the same same batch. What those students? I, I could I'm be wrong.
2: Jean King.
0: I could be. I could be picturing Ugh. another person.
2: Ugh. I don't know. Uh, go look in Telegram, the prep chat. His father was a rope maker.
0: A rope maker. Oh, that's a
1: dude. <laughs> that's a guy.
0: Yeah, a rope maker. That's oh, like Jean King. Stephen
2: King.
4: <laughs> no, Billie Stephen Jean King's a tranny too, isn't it? Yeah. Stephen, probably. Shit.
0: Stephen King looks more like a woman than Billie Jean King does
4: yeah well, billy jean I king was a dude billy jean king's definitely a dude i'm looking right now that's a guy
1: yeah the whole uh the that big old man arms on bat- this
4: dude
1: that entire battle of the sexist thing from the 70s was a total op
0: oh yeah who's yeah, it arthur ash got
1: bigger arms than i do
0: was it arthur ash and Billie jean king it was like a black like a white black dude and a and the first lesbian butch lesbian right
1: I don't know. I kind of. I from what I remember from the entire op, that they picked like a little, like throwaway tennis player dude, <laughs> Bobby Riggs. Yeah, he's a weird little. He's a weird looking little dude.
0: Bobby Riggs. Okay, wasn't Earth Thrash? Bobby Bobby Riggs.
2: It was a white dude.
4: Wow. Well, Who's this Jewish guy with him? He's got like a handler, tennis partner or something. Is that the coach? That's.
1: Hey Reinhardt, that's not even like young Stephen King. I'm talking like pre Coke, uh, Coke Binge era Stephen King, like when he oh, first, when Bobby he first, Riggs. when he first got popular. There you go,
0: Bobby Riggs. Was- Bobby
4: Riggs couldn't look any more Jewish. Robert Laramore Riggs,
1: Bobby Riggs is like Woody Allen, like Woody Allen and he, he is like like Woody Allen, like Woody, like, Allen, like Woody f- Allen and Richard Simmons had a fucking baby.
4: Who?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously. Woody Allen and Richard Simmons love if, child. <laughs> Woody Allen's. <laughs>
0: so, Hold on. Which one is the love child here? The Stephen King or the other guy?
2: Bob Bobby Riggs.
0: The Bobby Riggs I'm looking at is, like, the U.S. Navy petty officer, former, like, okay. Is this the same guy? No,
4: if you look up Billie Jean King, he pops up in her uh, Google okay. photos. If you look in those, he'll pop up, and he's, like, holding a tennis racket next to her, and, yeah, he he looks like Woody Allen and something. <laughs> he's, he's really, really Jewish-looking.
2: Yeah, here's the picture in in Telegram. <laughs>
1: Ugh. <laughs> I'm not wrong.
5: <laughs> no, no, you're not.
0: Oh wow, that's hear. not the same
1: Bobby Riggs. No, what you're, the you're right.
0: frig? Yeah, Bobby Riggs looks like an old Jewish lady, and Billie Jean King, right, looks like Linda Hamilton, kind of
2: looks like Linda Hamilton right, the- and
4: Stephen King mixed. Right. Lynn, okay. Linda Hamilton on steroids with these gigantic arms and legs. Okay,
0: well, so you, I was you, right you, uh, that Stephen King and Billie Jean King do ugh.
4: look alike when they were younger. Yeah, okay. St- yeah. Just Bobby, uh, Billie Jean King is way more masculine. You
5: know... I
0: think well, they replaced think Stephen King posted, with another right, person. Sure. I think Stephen King, the new Stephen King, is not the same. The old Stephen King, like that second picture down, that, that creepy nerd picture, that's not the same guy. Like the face shape is like different, even like the way his mm, his, his
4: face now looks like a skull. Actually, like well, that's those holes are getting bigger. Yeah, that's from,
0: that's from the cocaine abuse and Jewishness, probably. Yeah. <laughs> hey they took down the uh the maxwell trial tracker They're f- guys too much truth getting put out there by whatever account that is on twitter
2: yeah i don't know that
4: one <laughs> that one looked like it was really it really looked like it had steam and it had a half a million subs and stuff and they got rid of it but then it, it's back now And it came back and immediately it started saying that they were subpoenaing Bill Clinton. And it was kind of like, they didn't say they're going to arrest him or anything like that. But I don't know. I saw some weird stuff that sort of raised some flags for me. Like, wait, what's going on here? uh, I'm not making
2: any claims. No, it was
0: strange. uh, Gay and fake.
2: There was a Twitter account from the uh, the Human Trafficking Elite Pedos Exposed channel. Um, It was... I don't know, I, some guy named Vic on Twitter, but posted uh, just a giant thread of everybody. Apparently, everybody that was uh, outed during during the trial, everybody that was named, it was a bunch of like Democrat spokespersons or spokespeople, delegates, senators.
0: Okay, guys, mayors,
2: guys, good news today. A bunch of random names.
0: Tracker Trial Maxwell joined Telegram. He will finish the continued media silence surrounding the trial <laughs> of one of the most well-known and well-connected international si- child sex traffickers. Twitter suspended the account because he revealed the truth. Seven days to join before it lock. Please join and share. Uh, also, also,
1: also follow Cat Turd.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it, what was that about? Nah,
1: nah, I don't, I don't Cat know. Cat is so a terrible Normicon uh, account on Twitter. Oh,
4: boy, But it's got like you half a million subs right yes yeah,
1: it's it's, it's a, yeah it's absolutely out of control right yeah
4: it, what is
0: this what is this spam you forwarded oh it's not spam it's a charity live stream okay
1: yes charity oh. live stream
0: i'm deleting it no <laughs> <sighs> um okay so yes yeah, so there we go that's how real with this, with that's this how you
1: know when this airs it will have already ended so.
0: right exactly so that's fine uh <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow um was so, I gonna say yes, that's how you know that's how you know that the trial tracker is real and heterosexual uh because they have joined telegram and are going to be exposing the cabal.
1: So, so the Pelosi portfolio tracker is going to join Pe- telegram too.
0: Probably. yeah, I saw that somebody's got her her totally public like stock holdings.
2: I'm just waiting for this trial to be over, so that way the uh, the sketch artist that here that she is can join Telegram
0: and take a break from her, uh, from her as long
2: as they're alive. Right,
0: I was gonna say and take a break from her totally like you know uh, nail biting and uh, scary life she's got to be leading. I mean, she's like every time she looks, just Lane Maxwell is drawing her, and it's terrible. She right.
1: she <laughs> drew the she drew the photograph of. Maxwell of of just Gis- just rubbing Epstein's feet. She drew that photograph.
4: Ugh. Did
1: you see that? No, I ugh. did not see that. Yeah, and, and- she
4: did do that. Oh my god, it was in the set of photos that uh, somebody dropped in the chat. That was that was so
0: okay. Gross. So so somebody drew a picture of that picture, and they're saying that the that the sketch artist from the trial drew it. That's fine.
2: <laughs> I think somebody's just into Jewish feet. I think so too.
1: I just can't imagine what
2: Not the smell odd. was like in there.
1: I, Come on,
3: it's, uh, court- it's pronounced
0: smedge. It's yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a courtroom, guys. It's a courtroom, so I'm sure it doesn't smell great. But and anyway, um, again, I don't think any of this trial is actually happening. If, if you if you people really think that the daughter of Robert Maxwell is getting arrested and brought up on charges in the totally real legal system of this completely real. You know, legal system we have here in this country, this economic. Zone. She's
2: actually already been executed in a deep underground military base yeah, underneath uh, the Denver airport.
0: That's yeah, that, probably. Guantanamo it probably assassination.
2: Like, it probably smelled like bagels.
1: Thing. What? Probably smelled like burnt bagels, fruit roll-ups, and rape in that plane. Just fruit roll. Don't.
0: And uh, feet. I wasn't talking about the plane. We're talking about the courtroom. We have content, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, smells like smells like chalk pastels and
2: fresh and fresh Hobby Lobby paper. Johnny, on this new format, on this new platform, you do have the ability to meet people. I I do.
0: All right. Cool. Let me
3: see. Uh I don't. You do. You oh. should. You just gotta hover over the icon and then it oh, there it is. show a little bit. There, there, there it is, there it is. There it is. I see it. You yeah, gotta hover over
0: the icon. Okay. Oh, there's there's a there's a mute and remove. Awesome. All
2: right. <laughs> remove self like a boss.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So we've been talking about we've been we've been talking about language off and on all season. We've been talking about resets off and on all season. We've done a lot of, a lot of talk about resets. Um, we're going we're gonna to combine the two and then expound on both. Oh, good Lord. Apparently, or my the visitor from earlier is still awake. So, if you guys, did, did you guys hear that? The yelling from down the hall?
2: Just no. barely. But I okay. know if we can hear anything on there, then it must be loud.
0: Right. Okay, cool. Awesome. The joys of toddler parenting. It's great. Anyway. Amen. Yes. Um, language. Well, how do we wanna how do we want to go about this? Uh do we want to start with English in general, or do we just want to start with languages? We want to start with the reset stuff, or how do we want to do this? which, which in what order? Because I don't have your notes. I mean
4: English English seems to be the <clears throat> English is the main thing, I think, because probably because it's much harder to Reset any other language that's already established because mm-hmm. it already has its own rules, grammar, its own words. I mean, you can add borrow words, but a lot of times people will reject the borrow words, or they will be intentionally like they, they'll sound like foreign words, so people will understand that it's not a word that's native to their own. The French have a like a whole group of people who don't like any borrow words, and they want to keep their language pure and stuff but english was just this complete amalgamation this invention of uh, a brand new language and it seemed to be introduced around about a thousand years ago who knows how they did it but that's what we were going to talk about today and it seems like they took well the, the root of Eng- the roots of english are german and latin and greek and they're all mishmashed together and there's not really a lot of rhyme or reason to it. And like for me personally, as an English teacher for 20 years, it, it's a really interesting language. Like when you study another language or you speak another language, you'll almost all languages have a set of rules that are fairly intuitive and they're easy to learn. And there's not too many breaking of rules, except in English. And in English, exceptions to the rule are the rule. Right. And so you just got like all sorts of different kinds of spellings and all sorts of uh, irregular verbs and weird noun uh, <laughs> pluralizations. And you, you like, it just like you stick an S on some words, but then sometimes word like man becomes men and child becomes children. And, and um, moose some words don't moose. take an S like sheep and fish. And there's all sorts, of, all sorts of shit. And it's the result of the whole thing being pushed together by a certain group of people at a certain time a long time ago and probably like anybody listening to this is like well you know how they're going to invent a whole language you would have to get everybody to speak it and it's like well the, i think that's what we're going to try and mash out hash out today is how they would do this and there actually are a lot of good explanations as to how it would be done but it, it takes a scale of uh, hundreds of years to do so right
1: So english is the original esperanto
4: Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's a ma- well, it's a made-up language. Es- Esperanto just... follows more uh, really... Esperanto is actually really simple, uh, and uh, it follows more rules, but basically, yeah, it's like... The difference between Esperanto and English is that Esperanto took the Romance languages and tried to combine them into a single language, but English took these completely disparate languages and combined them into a single language, which makes it so much more strange.
0: Right, you're talking about English having, like, weird, weird rules. I mean, we've got, you know i before e except after c and all that kind of stuff and you're talking about pluralizations uh you have uh goose and geese right and moose and moose you know those kind of yep. those kind of weird things um they say that if you are a non-native english speaker that english is the hardest language to learn that's because Correct. it's of definitely all the, one of well because of all the irregular like like if you if you speak Mandarin, English is going to be very difficult. Uh, if you speak, uh, I don't know, what what the hell do Slavs speak? Slavic, like I don't know.
2: Any oh. any number of Slavic dialects, right? Yeah.
0: Right, like whatever. Who, who cares what
2: they speak? Well, you,
4: who cares what they speak I mean, in Moldova? Like what? What people who speak a another language, like you can master Spanish or Italian or. A lot of other, you could even master Japanese. It's really, really hard. But if you work hard at it, you can master it. You cannot make any mistakes. But it's very difficult not to make any mistakes in English because there are so many rules that don't follow the rule. Mm-hmm. And so when, it, so it is in that respect, it is hard. And then also, here's the other interesting thing, is that uh, the the pronunciation is very difficult as well because there are so many different other languages that went into it, which actually makes it, far more complex because you have like all these different sounds that came from all these different languages and they're all part of the language whereas many other languages only have like five vowel sounds which we're going to talk about and an- they, they have a very limited uh, amount of sounds that you need to make and your brain and your tongue the way that they develop there's this period of time where you can master those and then once you get past it it's almost impossible to get it at the same level that a native speaker can and so after like five six seven years old if you have not practiced those sounds many of those sounds you're always going to speak with an accent which is why so many people who speak English uh, as a second language speak with a pretty heavy accent and they can't they can't do anything about it it's just you can't but if you are someone else who's trying to master another language it's not quite as hard you won't be perfect but it's not quite as hard because there aren't the sounds that are in those languages are already extant in English. So you just use the same sounds.
2: Well, and with English as as well, you know, it's, it's base, base languages. Uh, You've got Greek, Latin, and German, um, and a bunch of other words as well borrowed from uh, French and other languages. But most of these other languages are all gendered. So they, as we're talking about rules, um, they have specific genders for each uh pronoun or each word many times, so uh, if you look at spanish um, right. most nouns are, are gendered. gendered
0: yeah most nouns are gendered exactly in most languages except but for, you take
2: that away in English right and it it completely confuses things
4: well that's I think thats yeah, and that's actually one of the most important things that we're going to talk about today is the gendering of the language and here's the interesting thing, and someone needs to. Someone can fact check me on one of these languages, but I know, too, for a fact, Greek, ancient Greek and Latin were both, both they were not only gendered, they were highly specific languages that had um, very, like, it wasn't just the nouns that were gendered. There were all sorts of, like, verb declensions and conjugations and all these other different things that disappeared once English was created. But I believe, I looked it up. Cannot be 100% certain, so somebody in the comments, I'm sure, will be happy to tell us uh, whether or not Old German also had gender, but I believe it did when I looked it up. And if that's the case, that all three had a gender, and then English doesn't have a gender now, that means it was removed on purpose. It doesn't make any sense that it would naturally evolve to get rid of gender, because that's such a fundamental, um, I mean, really, really fundamental aspect of so many languages, like objects have a gender and that gender is part of their meaning. And the meaning is part of the symbol of the object that we hold in our head. So the sun is El Sol. It's masculine. And then the moon is La Luna. It's feminine. And those are aspects of like, when we think of the sun and we think of the moon and when they're written of in poetry or as archetypes or as symbols, that Gender has uh, an extremely powerful meaning that goes along with the idea of the archetype of whatever that is. And when you remove it, it makes it far more ambiguous. It makes it far more easy to manipulate and to change the meanings of things. And when you change the meanings of archetypes, well, then there's all sorts of other spellcraft that comes along with that and power that you can have in the way that you use the language and convey it to other people.
0: Right. What you just said right there, actually, speaking of spellcraft, uh, that's exactly what language is you know, words, words were the first sigils, right? That language were the first, they were, uh, visual representations of, of things like words, like what descriptors for things and actions and, and everything about it around them.
2: Right. Well, even in, in creation stories, you see in, in the Bible, uh, in Egyptian, you've got the God, uh, Ta, um, You know, many different cultures remember the creation of this realm as something that was spoken into existence.
0: Right. In the Bible, you know, God spoke everything into being. And God was the Word. That was the beginning. God was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Boom. Right. That's the Word, which is, uh, you just change one letter a little bit, and you have world. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on in English, too. A lot of uh, manipulation and, and, and different meanings just by separating the words a little bit here and there. Well, and
2: not and not just in English, too. You've got it in other languages uh, that have had their grammatical structures or even entire portions of their vocabulary, like vowels, removed or changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have these very specific, highly specific languages, Latin, Hebrew, Greek, um, that do have different cases. I studied Latin for a few years, so I'm very used to the frustrating cases of some of these words. Um, But every word and its suffix, its gender has a meaning. It's very specific. Um, And when you take away, let's say, a vowel or you take away an accent, um, just remove that completely, then you're able to change up uh, the intent behind a word and therefore, the result that you get from speaking,
0: right? I mean, when you well, change- one of the aspect. Oh, go ahead.
1: One of the aspects of suffixes and prefixes is now you can abuse them, and you can change them over periods of time. So the, the so so even in my own lifetime, uh, certain prefixes and suffixes have been abused so much that someone who spoke what we would understand as American English 40 years ago, if they were listening to some people today, they might be lost in certain conversations.
0: Right, exactly. And the the way, uh, what we use words for, like, for example, um, I don't know, my kid said something the other day, uh, he was talking about bands this guy's got bands i'm like what the hell is bands oh dad bands like a thousand dollars right it's, it's like the slang for it's like it's like video game slang for a thousand dollars it's very ghettoized but all the slang is but the slang slang is something right slang is an entire like uh degradation of a language but uh, we can get into a lot of rabbit holes down there but um english is another uh is the only language that has like what like some words have 60 different words that mean the same thing you know right how many how many descriptive words are there or the same
1: word that means multiple things right
0: there's that too there's there's like
1: wine and wind like 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 wine like wine to wind something up is spelled the exact same way as wind which you know right this air that blows around there you
4: go yeah and that's actually a really important part of any any language that you're learning and i can say this from um my experience learning Japanese. so if you have a word that th- there, there's different levels. so one is the spelling and then the second is a homophone It's just is it, not what some people might think it actually just means the sound is the same and the sound is like the same in uh, sail and sail. there's an easy one right So mm-hmm. you have a sale at a store or there's a sail on your boat and those are spelled differently but they sound exactly the same. And so if you were to craft a sentence in a certain way, someone might not be quite sure what you're talking about when you're talking about sale or sale. And if that's the case, then you have all of these new possibilities for spellcraft or for the meanings of words to come through. And you're telling something to somebody, but one group of people thinks that it's one thing, but another group of people thinks that it's another thing. And we know that the people who run the system love to do that with their esoteric and exoteric meanings of things. And in Japanese, there's only 50 standard sounds in japanese and so which um hold on what you get is you'll have all these words that are homophones so they're the exact and so in japanese people like to complain about <coughs> the written part of it because it's so difficult so they use the kanji and they use uh, there's actually three different alphabets in japanese it's like um there's um the writ- the phonetic alphabet and then there's the kanji which is the um Symbolic alphabet, and then there's actually another alphabet for foreign words, and so you have all three of these that use that are used so that all these homophones don't get confusing. So that when you look at everything written down, you can understand what's being said, and it's very specific.
5: Hmm.
4: That seems I'm like it, echo. Sorry about that. No, it seems like that would be very confusing, though. Like three alphabets. It's confusing, but it becomes more specific when you see it written down and you're like, oh, okay, you're not saying that sale, you're saying this sale. Right. But when, but
0: when you know, you're speaking English, a lot of words are spelled or sound the same, they're spelled differently, or, you know, again, spelled differently, they sound the same, like the laughter, slaughter, like those are, you know, spelled the same, sound completely different. That's, that's just, we could do that all day with words in English, but... Again, you know, you said it again, spellcraft. So this is all, um, magic, right? Words are magic. Words have power. That's why there's the words of curse, the curse words. Those are those words have power, and there's a reason why you're not supposed to say them, right? Isn't that one of Matt's Matt's old things, talking about the words of curse and the four let the four letters in the words of curse and the four letters in the four directions something to do with, does that, does that sound familiar?
2: No. Yeah,
4: I'm I, here. I, I was waiting for somebody else. Oh,
2: to- okay. I was oh, actually, no, okay. yeah. no, I haven't watched. I haven't watched Matt from quantum quantum of conscious in a while.
0: Okay. Skull. Do you remember that at all though? The words of curse and the four directions and the, how they all have, you know, nor, you know, North, you know, North, south east west they all have four letters most words of curse have four letters
4: yeah yeah i've heard There's it before four
0: yeah. big ones i don't know
4: what are the four words
0: <laughs> uh the four words that would be uh i don't know damn shit fuck hell i, mean, <laughs> I guess i don't know those are all four letters
4: right? hell maybe yeah, yeah. i was t- trying to think of the other one i'll like, come up with ass it's three <laughs> though yeah live
2: as laugh love. Fears.
0: No, stop it, dogbot. Those are not words of curse.
2: <laughs> but they are cursed words.
0: Yeah, they're cursed words when you put them in that order, you know, when you have them up on your wall as like a big, you know, <laughs> sticker over your over your uh plug-in fireplace. You know, live laugh love. Yeah, no. Separately they're not cursed words. Anyways,
4: well, um the, the words have power thing is really important and it explains why they would do a reset. For example, <clears throat> there, there's so much to it, but you guys were talking about um, the very the, the, literally the very opening of the Bible is God spoke the word and spoke the word uh, world into existence. And then that goes down into words are sound, which is a frequency, which is a vibration. We already know from all of our past research that vibration creates patterns in the material world, particularly in water. And uh, so that gets you into the idea of cymatics Mm
3: -hmm. and
4: into how, when we talked about the star forts, how the star forts were reflections of frequencies. And then that was the same thing as the crystalline patterns in water. And how those frequencies in uh, Masaru Dr. Emoto's water experiments and rice experiments where you would speak and either play beautiful music, classical music, and then you would see certain frequencies and patterns in the crystalline frozen formations of the water. Or you would play different kinds of uh, frequencies like heavy metal or death metal or whatever, and you would get different kinds of patterns that were more chaotic in those. And so... Since humans are water-based creatures, we're going to be susceptible as well to the kinds of sound frequencies we hear, just like what we talked about with the cathedrals, cathodrals, and the healing frequencies that those may have played. There's also going to be, uh, like we talked about with the Travis Scott thing, a different kind of frequency you can make people drop on the ground and have a fucking heart attack. So if that is true, then the words that we hear and the sounds that we hear and make are also going to have some sort of effect upon the people around us and and ourselves. And so, if you can change those words and you can change those sounds and the frequencies and the meanings and you get control of that, then you can literally create a world out of the words that are spoken. You can cast spells. You can And, hey, spelling is spelling, right? Spells. You're, you are casting spells. All those words are part of the revelation of the method of what you're doing when you're speaking. And so, when the English language was created, it does appear that it was created with the intent of harnessing a lot of that energy. And so we, I, it's such a huge topic. I don't even know where to, where to begin with all of it, but that, I think that's a very important starting point. Yeah. That the words have power.
0: Yes, most definitely. And like you're saying, we're water-based creatures. We're 80% water, right? So what do you think cymatics is going to do to us? Um, just like when they say words hurt, I guess yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can hurt you. I guess, I guess that's true, huh? Words hurt.
4: People commit suicide <laughs> by getting internet bullied. Right. So, I mean, we'll get. I mean, oh yeah, yeah we hear yeah. Those sounds. They're just reading them. Well, I, I
1: think where some of this may, you know, start making people very skeptical is because we've seen the left use in the last six years or so. All the terms like microaggressions and saying that words equal violence, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. That's, that's not yeah. what we're talking. That's about. definitely that's not, not what we're talking about specifically here. No, this no.
2: this is far more uh, far more powerful and far more basic when it comes to our um, really our creation.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, again, uh, you were saying, and
2: the thing that dog butt.
4: Well, the thing that dog said just now about the, that in itself is actually. A hijacking of the language, and so it, 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 it again is sort of a revelation of the method. It's they're like words are violence, blah blah blah. And it's like, well, no, they actually are, but not for the reason that you guys are saying so. So, there, um, you guys who are listening, to this probably seen that chart. It's the New York Times word usage frequency from 1970 to 2018, and you can see exactly which words have uh, gained traction over the last 10 20 years. And so if you look at this, there's a graphic. I'll share it from the site that I got it from today. There's a graphic that shows all these words. And if you look at the words, you can see how new words are being introduced. And there's actually the the reset that we saw probably a thousand years ago is always ongoing. And uh, so words like I just see the ones that will really set people up intersectionality, uh, cultural appropriation, microaggressions. Fat shaming, slut shaming, non-binary gender. The word "gender" um, from 1970 it was hardly ever even used. It only got started. Uh, only got really popular in the lexicon in the last 20 years or so, and it got really popular in the last five or ten. Transgender didn't exist. White privilege didn't exist. Toxic masculinity, mansplaining, mansplaining patriarchy, male privilege, w- women empowerment—that <laughs> barely existed what? until a few years ago. And so all of these words are now introduced, and then they're adopted by the culture, and they are pushed into the lexicon, and then they are assumed to be uh, valid. And so when people take these words as reality, then they begin to manifest themselves in reality, and then we start seeing all of the horrifying social changes that we're seeing that are a result of just these simple words being introduced as concepts, and then the concepts being reified, and then... That reification process just manifesting into policy and school and job uh, problems and, and and every other fucking issue that we have to deal with now because of all of these concepts now being spoken into reality.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I noticed uh, – I was in a old bookstore the other day and I ran across this incredibly degenerate book written in the early 70s that was trying to give tips to men – who were transvestites and wanted to become transsexual. And so they completely replaced the terminology used to define biological sex with this amorphous term of gender. And the, the these amorphous concepts of gender ent- are entirely uh they're entirely Jewish notions from the Kabbalah and uh, the Kabbalah there's I think there's like eight genders and it's absolute nonsense. And they've, they've done this with other things as well. The absolute abuse of pronouns, uh, you know, pronouns are, is, is a very simple language device. So you don't have to use the proper name for something every single time. And so they, they've, they've destroyed it to where uh, that pronoun isn't anything that you can specifically choose. It's something that denotes, that, that denotes your biological sex. Well, since they've decided to remove everything about biological sex and language, they've changed the language. It just keeps transforming. And it may have been intended this entire time to devolve into this sort of transformation.
0: I don't know if it was necessarily uh, designed to devolve in this way, but it definitely has. You can definitely see, go
4: from the old English I would argue that follow, it was designed to. Personally. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, everything. Obviously, like you know, we say this. This country was, you know, just running the way it's supposed to. It's just designed to do this. So, I guess the language as well. But if you look, if you go back and, like I said, look at the old English, and then just look at Bibles, right? And the updates in the uh, in the English, you know, in the, in the different languages. Now you even have like a, a like a super modern, uh, almost ebonics Bible. You guys seen that?
2: We well, have the Ebonics Bible, and you have uh, the Message Bible too.
0: That's is it. The is, Message Bible was like, "Yo, Jesus be vibin' and like, like literally using Zoomer no, terminology, the, like vibin'. I swear
2: that that's more that that's more like the Ebonics or, or okay. Zoomer Bible, I guess you could okay. say. But the Message was kind of like a, I don't know, more like a Gen Xer type language. Oh boy, Bible. Um, really? Yeah. It, Absolutely! Oh yeah, it was created specifically for like churchianity folks, like Hillsong.
0: Okay, but uh, like, like I was saying, but down. you can go back and look, and you know, it goes from you know, you know, what thou therefore, you know, and and all that language changes and updates. Well, that's just because everything's getting more modern. Right, we're just modernizing everything, and yeah, why. no,
4: those that language is extremely important too. That's very specific language, mm-hmm. and when you change it, when you remove it to simplify it, you add ambiguity into right. it. And so, uh, the easiest example is the word "ye." Ye means a group of you. It's mm-hmm. the plural form of you when you're speaking to a group of people, and uh, "thy" and "thou" and those kinds of words. Those are very specific. And so, when you change that to just "you" and you just say "you," then you don't know now. Who's being spoken to in the Bible. And that means that there might be a message that was meant for a group of people in the Bible that's not you, or it may be a group of you that's being spoken to and not a group of people in the Bible that's being spoken to. But now that's completely ambiguous. And then you can take that and say, well, see, it says right here in the Bible that this means this. And all the people who read it go, well, yeah, it says you right there because I'm speaking English and you're not speaking. The original language, even even in the original English, it was more specific. But mm-hmm. then that's being watered down and diluted, now, and now it's more ambi- ambiguous. And then you can use that to do whatever you want with people, right?
0: And using the Bible and the English language. When was the English language created? Like technically, actually, like created thirteen something.
2: And it's, oh, I mean, say, it's, it's more it's incomprehensible.
4: It's incomprehensible before, say, 1450. Okay. You, you can't understand what's being written before.
0: Right. So and I would
4: argue that it's a completely different language before that.
0: Right. And then, but the first, uh, like, th- the first compilation of the English language would have most likely been the works of Shakespeare and the King James Bible, the 1611 Bible. Correct.
2: Well, you still, I mean, well, you have the 1611, yeah. but you have multiple Bibles in English. Uh, a- at least a couple centuries prior to that. A couple, okay. You know, John Wycliffe, the Geneva Bible, um,
0: in English though.
2: Yes, in what would be considered uh, Middle English, okay. I guess you could say some. It's between like the 11th and 14th century,
4: okay. Still English, according though. to yeah. But literature. like, if you look just a couple hundred years before that, to for example, Chaucer with Canterbury Tales. If you try reading Canterbury Tales in the original English, it's yeah, good luck. You know, like I'm pretty, I'm very good at English and I can't understand what's going on unless I have a translation. So it's, it's, um, functionally it's a completely different language. And then, like you guys are talking about, just a couple hundred years later, there's a fully formed new language. And it's being standardized into Bibles and works of great literature that are passed Mm -hmm. down. And really, uh, strongly pushed into the human consciousness and stuff. So yeah, around, you know, 13, 14, 1500, you started seeing the English language be born, interestingly mm. enough. And then well, and
2: around the same time as well, we see when we're talking about the effect of these resets on other languages, um, since we're talking about you know the Bible around this time in the 16th century, we see it first propagated by uh, Talmudic, you know, basically just crypto Jews throughout Europe that uh, Hebrew had no, No vowels, no accent points or vowel points. Those are called uh, nikud. um, That it was only ever consonants. And that the vowels were all added later for, quote, clarity purposes.
0: Well, for clarity purposes. um, Which is
2: just not true.
0: It makes it worse. Because
2: if you take the. Yeah, if you take the vowels out, you can have a word, um, you know, take the word Nephilim. It's NPL. If you take all the consonants out for just the singular, that can mean multiple things. You can throw in any combination of vowels to make. Uh, several different words. So when you do that across the entire scripture, then you're able to change up entire passages or take out entire passages and completely rewrite these narratives um, in order to support things like rituals or uh, whatever brands of control that things like the Catholic Church or the Jesuits wanted to push.
1: Yeah, that's that's like how, you know, Zechariah Sitchin, When it came to Sumerian words, because they didn't have any vowels in them, he was able to just make up out of whole cloth the entire meanings of certain words based on his random interpretations. Yeah,
0: well, I think there's more to it than that. Like he didn't just pull; he he just made stuff up because nobody supposedly spoke Sumerian but him. You know, he didn't even he didn't even have to finagle a lot of vowels out and like that way because literally nobody else could read it.
2: Yeah, well, he even supposedly we had a Sumerian thought, lexicon in 1963. Right, he supposedly spoke like four
1: biblical era languages. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he supposedly also spoke, you know, Hebrew and Aramaic and yeah, like whatever
0: Babylonian and ancient Egyptian Sanskrit. He spoke Sanskrit. That's it.
2: <laughs> All right. He well, could speak cuneiform
4: <laughs> clearly. Nigga had the he had the Rosetta Stone for the Bible. <laughs>
2: There was right. that a cylinder.
0: Ooh. All right. All right. All right. Stop. Stop. All right. Break time. We're gonna we're gonna take a break. Uh we'll be back with some more language. I got i, I'm, I'm I got sure a song. I, I know you do. I know you do. What is it?
1: All right. Uh swarm intelligence. Uh our wounds are opposite.
0: Okay. We'll be back. everybody we're back this is still the paranormies with we got skull we got Reinhardt we got Dogbot, Jack Jack you're here right Jack yeah right. he's here <laughs> all right uh, Jack's probably out smoking still it's all good we're we're talking about language the English language mostly how it was created uh, what it had to do with the reset and how how this is really the language of the n w o really this is the this is the new world order language, right yeah,
2: uh, yeah. to me that's that's the only thing that it can be um, this is beyond a lingua franca situation. This is not just like Latin or Greek or Aramaic. Um, this language has evolved. Not naturally, but it's been forced mm-hmm. uh, like you said earlier, skull you don't just lose um you don't lose these gender rules and things over time uh as languages do progress, sure you can they can simplify but it, taking out entire systems that just doesn't happen
0: sure well, if you look at like Latin to Spanish to mexican Spanish to South American jungle nigger Spanish, right? I mean, it's all the same language, but it's not, right? Puerto Rican Spanish, right? All the Dominican Spanish, it's all different, but it's still the same. The rules of the language are still the same, right? But the dialect changes a little bit. With English, it's right, constantly you can have evolving.
2: Differences, colloquialisms. Sure.
0: But like I said, with English, it's constantly evolving and changing. You have the dictionary gets updated how often? Like, like. Webster's gets an update at least once a year of new words or new words meanings or old meanings you know being changed um, it's constantly the universe first of all it's the universal language right english is the universal language it was created to be the universal language which you know but oh, well, that's just for business it was because business was universal and so we needed a language to go with universal business and therefore that's the that's like the cover story i think it's like the normie take on that right <laughs>
4: Yeah. The story is that it's a very efficient language. And so I remember reading this a number of times and I was like, oh, wow, English is so cool. Where when you're translating other languages into English, English is very efficient and you can actually use less space. So if you have a book, if you're going to translate the book into a different language, or or maybe the original language is 500 pages, but you can translate that same book into English and only use 350 pages. And so Oh, well, you know, it's very efficient and you can save library space. Well, we don't use library space anymore. We just use data. But when they were hyping it as this sort of language, that's one of the things that they use. But that also means that there's all these blanket concepts that can be used. And then you can use this word. It just like here's an interesting example like the word snow. And Eskimos have, what was it like? I don't remember how many words. Like They have a lot of words for snow. And that's because they live in an environment with lots of different kinds of snow. And so they have all these specific words about different kinds of snow. So we have a few, like slush, sleet, ice. Um, There's not that many, right? <laughs> it's just they, not that many. I,
2: I, don't, I don't have... over have... 100 words for snow. The
1: Greeks have over 100
2: specific... words for love.
4: <laughs> so they have a very specific... <laughs> Um, uh, diction for concepts that would take a lot of words to uh, write out, whereas in English it's just like snow. It was snowing today. And that means that you can now take snow and make it into a lot of different things, whereas if you were in a very specific situation where that was important, then you need the nuance to understand what's really being said. But if you take the nuance away... All of a sudden you can manipulate the language and you can say uh, – you can introduce new words like, okay, snow, that's pretty innocuous. How are you going to take over a word? Like, but if you introduce the word gender, now all of a sudden you can see all of the negative ramifications it can have when you introduce this new word that has hmm. completely ambiguous meaning. And then not only is the uh, meaning itself ambiguous, but it, it can it's malleable. It can be changed and it just means whatever the hell – the person talking on TV, or the university professor, or the black mulatto, um, frizzy haired, fist in the air woman who's yelling at you means it to mean. And so then you can control people because nothing has a specific meaning anymore. And the interesting thing uh, again, I brought this up earlier, but originally, the two of the main languages that English was derived from, Latin and Greek, were extremely specific languages. And somehow uh, the amalgamation of English made it so much more malleable and so much more ambiguous. And I I just, there's no way that any of this was an accident and that it just naturally became, oh, just, you know, naturally. It was the progression of things that it became the universal language. And now we're moving away from the first big language reset, which was actually the opposite direction, where there was the story of the Tower of Babel and Nimrod and uh, Reinhardt. You can probably talk more about this, but God Uh separated all of the people and confounded the languages and made it so that people could not communicate with each other. And it seems like this system, this one-world system, has been working ever since to re- to bring all of that back together, so that everybody's speaking the same language again, so that they can control everyone in their battle against God. That's my opinion.
2: No, I think you're exactly right. Um, when you know Nimrod had his one-world empire, everyone was speaking uh, the same language together. And they were all under the umbrella of you know, rebellion um, and in service to themselves, really in service to, to you know a more evil, non-corporeal entity, but in service to themselves and their own power. Um, so I think that this creation, this amalgamation of this new language, this is like a bookend to the Tower of Babel. Um, just like how in the last two years we've now seen like the, the new 9-11 we're seeing the new babble that has been in the works for several centuries um and it's a long game you know and you're not even allowed tower
4: you're not even allowed to speak outside of the boundaries of the language they allow anymore and so if you try to use words like male female etc those words are deemed wrong think and um Orwell, you know, Orwell, obviously, I don't think that he was our buddy. I think he was a system minion and he was put out there to do a predictive programming thing to lay the groundwork for what we're seeing today. But the new speak was the model that they wanted. They they have that moving forward because when everything is just five uh, adjectives, then it's very easy to call anything, anything. And so this is double plus bad. Or double plus good or whatever, and it's like, no, no, you can't say that. Yes, yes, you can say this now. Do what we fucking tell you. And isn't that convenient that English does exactly what they want it in that regard now?
2: Also, isn't it convenient that the uh, the Orwell Estate has now greenlit a uh, gender inclusive feminist reproduction of 1984?
4: Oh yeah, I heard that.
0: Oh, that's funny.
2: Wonder what they're gonna do with that one. Hmm. Yeah,
0: how's that work?
4: Well,
2: you know what they're gonna do
4: with
0: that one. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know how they could make that feminist interesting.
2: I'm actually interested to read that. I don't know. It's. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't. I don't even know. I don't. I, it's probably going to be full of trannies and gays. Wait a second. If it's
0: feminist, it might not be full of trannies.
2: Well, that's the thing, though. The quote feminist uh, movement is. Really against women, period. Mm. All the
1: primary all the primary movement people from the feminist movement were trannies.
3: Gloria yeah. Stein yeah.
1: is a dude. Oh what? Susan
0: B. Yeah. Anthony
4: was absolutely yeah. a dude.
0: Oh Susan B. Anthony for sure. That is a very, very powerful ninety degree angle on that jaw. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. You always see it. it looked
0: like George Washington, actually. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean you never saw those two together in a right. picture. Women's suffrage. By the way, by the way, Jack. Uh, speaking of, you was, need to vote. Speaking of, like,
4: oh,
0: <laughs> it's so scary. Then um, all the real women were like, "We don't want." I'm so
4: empowered.
0: Vote. Yeah, right. Then the real women were like, we, we, "We're happy at home. Like, we're good." You know, and all the ones that wanted them, yeah.
4: Bitch, you, know. you need to get out and work. Right,
0: exactly. You need to work at a
4: cubicle job.
1: You, you know, Man, you the amount, it right? We love Did video. you
0: see the meme? Did you see the meme where the, it's like some TikToker and she's, that's not a meme, it's just a screenshot, I guess. And she's like, that face when you realize feminism was just a way that they could tax both sexes and that's how we ended up in the world. I was like, sure, sure, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. That's that's why feminism, though. We'll go with that one. Yeah, sure. Baby steps. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Working nine to five. Right. <laughs>
0: oh, dude, that was what they had, that commercial from the 70s. I, the chicken, like the pantyhose, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in the pan, and still do something to make you feel like a man, because I'm a woman. Remember that? That fucking stupid fucking song with the chick, and she's like, she comes in the house wearing like a power suit, and like throws her jacket, and starts frying up the eggs and bacon for dinner. Because apparently so they're selling.
2: To baby. Right. Are you sure
4: this is, what, what were they selling? Uh, pantyhose. Oh uh, yeah. Yes, are you sure pantyhose. this will help us sell more pantyhose? Yeah,
0: right. Pantyhose? Yeah.
4: Yeah. What happened to pantyhose? Um, thing? Now
0: they're just fetish wear yeah, and parents. for robbers.
1: Oh, okay. White robbers in ring commercials, right? Yeah, well, yeah right. right. <laughs> yes, the white they goofy have to be white.
0: those white goofy burglars in the ring commercials. <laughs> oh man! All right, back to language. Um, damn it, hey, Scott, You said so many question, things that I had. I had things I wanted to say, and, and I forgot what they were because they were so long ago. Uh, um, what were you going to say, Dogbot?
1: So on Wheel of Fortune, when they say, "I'd like to buy a vowel." What they mean is, I would like to buy a promise to God. Oh,
0: you want to do vowel stuff? Okay. That's fine. I like how Dogbutt does this ague without telling anybody. And we just, we just go on with it.
2: <laughs> I'm just searching. I'm frantically now searching for
0: the vowel stuff.
4: For
2: notes um, on that. <laughs> vowel means a promise, and yes. L is the word
4: for God. Is it's one the, of the
0: original like, words original for God. Word yes. for God, L. E L yes so vowel yes, yeah. L it
4: also means he actually interestingly mm-hmm. enough it, yeah in Latin L is
0: he or the ma- the masculine yeah he mm-hmm. um, I mean we know yeah,
4: God's not so- a woman.
0: Right, no matter what Kevin says. So, Viss- the, the world wouldn't
1: be created in seven days, I'll tell you. I'll tell you ah, you got it there, boy! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's not sandwich-shaped.
2: That theory is feminism. That's right. It's not sandwich-shaped.
1: Definitely, <laughs> definitely would have de- set all those queers on fire in Sodom and Gomorrah, either. More like, go shopping with them. <laughs> oh. All
0: right, that's terrible. That's just terrible. Wow. That's bad. All right, that went from bad to really bad. All right, let's not let's not do that anymore. All right. Um fuck. Oh yes, oh yes, the L, the word for god, word vow L. Use. Vow L, a promise to god. So the we we all watched this thing called uh the great vowel shift and the um it's the the language reset, the original language reset that we're talking about with English being a reset language uh, and taking all these Um, older languages, like the German, the the Latin, the Greek, and smushing them all together to create this amalgam of ambiguity, really, and uh, purposefully to change. And what they did was, what was it? The original vowels were all long vowels. So A-E-I-O-U, right? A-E-I-O-U. And they brought in the short vowels, the A-E-I-A-U. And that changed... Everything about the language, right from the way you said it to the way you wrote it, and then the way you said it, changed the frequency of of the words too, and that changed the language as well. Am I understanding that correctly Eep,
1: op or ah uh, ah uh. yeah
0: stop am i was that am I correct in this did I get that all right? am I good there I believe so okay
4: yes, all right so well, so the vow to L is the vow to God, and when you change the vow, the vowel shift happens, mm-hmm. then you are honoring a new God, and I this is just my that's conjecture, I, I can't back this up with anything solid, but the original, uh, so this came right after the so-called Dark Ages, right? And I don't know what happened in that first thousand years there, I'm not making any conjectures, and that's a completely different show, but... Something happened after, at that period, around the period of time but we would call, around 1100-1200 uh, A.D., and that's when we see the intro- English language be introduced, and if they are changing the vow to their God, and this is a new vow, this is a new promise to God, then I could see it being the—and and the guy that we listen to, he has this big, like, uh, almost obsessive— um Inclination toward this uh, the god Janus, which is the two faced god, who uh, is the god of doorways and arches and transitions. mainly mm-hmm. enough, uh, it's the god that January is named after. After he faces both the past and the future, sometimes he has four faces, which is what cherubs have, which is also interesting. I think there's a lot going on where they they have a lot of different amalgamations of uh, historical gods that are like all jumbled into this one guy, but. That guy was talking about how this shift was actually an homage to this the god Janus, who I think is Lucifer, Apollyon, which would make sense if the whole thing's moving toward a one-world religion. And when they did the shift, all of these other things came along with it that would also lend to that theory. I don't know if we want to get into that quite yet, but uh, the whole scientific revolution came out as a result, or... I can't say as a result, but it, it came suspiciously upon the heels of this entire language shift.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything came on the heels of the language shift. He goes through a list of all the things that were invented from the time at, right after English was invented. It's crazy the amount of things that Masons and Jesuits came up with. <laughs> <laughs> the different theories and discoveries yeah. of things, uh, and inventions of scientific devices and doodads and doohickeys and stuff. Um, but yeah, the scientific method. Would, um, let's save that for for part two. Let's
2: yeah, do, we'll, we'll yeah. save that. And yeah. some of the more uh, you you mentioned jamming Janus stuff.
0: Yeah, the Janus stuff. There's that's a whole thing into itself. Like that's a that's a big subject, really
4: because he's like yeah. Janice is it- also apparently tra- transgender so it- that's interesting. Right. There's that.
1: Right. Well, it-, it fits into the Adam Kadmon, the the representation of Adam Kadmon being a uh, two pe- like a two-faced person mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. uh both both biological sexes combined into what uh kabbalists consider the perfect being the, the per- Baphomet. Uh, yeah. The the pre Right. Is there a uh, dog barking or is somebody you know. coughing? Yeah, it's my dog. He's oh. had, my microwave's having a little trouble. Oh no!
2: i down buddy. We started talking about the androgyne <coughs> god, and Chupacabra started just getting sick. That was the yeah, microwave. He just gets just it, it makes him really upset.
0: I bet. I bet.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. you should hear him when I'm watching mystery videos, man. He's.
2: <laughs> yeah. Man, i forgot what Yeah, I was we'll say now. we'll save some of the some of the oh yes. Giannis yeah. stuff for a second part because i've got quite a bit that i can talk about there
0: well there's uh, a lot i we'll mean they, with. what goes into that whole thing like who he is where he comes from uh was he a real person at one point i mean there's a lot of janice dude there's so many things named Janus and named after janice and derivatives of the name janice apparently my name is a derivative of the name Janus.
1: so joplin
0: ja- johan john and and george even yeah. and anything that has gen because he's from genoa janice is from genoa and it's the city it was named for him and genoa is an interesting place too by the way we got to talk about that genoa is kind of like switzerland
1: so the least the yes, least yeah. liked the least like zodiac sign amongst millennial women uh is also is it, is it anything related to genoa
0: to and gen- oh, really which one? oh pisces yeah, Ge- Gemini uh, G- Gemini, uh, the least like Gemini. There we go. Yeah. Two faced. Yeah. Yeah. The twins.
4: Yeah. But you have split
1: personalities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Janice, Gemini, Genoa. There's another Genoa. Yeah. genocide. Genocide. Um,
1: and then there's all, that Smith genome movie. genome
0: genes. Smith yeah. Movie, Gemini
1: man.
0: All right. Enough Gemini stuff. And we're, we're over here.
4: Um, yeah, but that all, that all is related to Janus, the mm-hmm. Genoa genocide, genus, genome, genetic, uh, the changes that we're seeing right now. Like, it, it gets really mind blowing when you start looking at it. It's one of those like massive topics
2: that you go, no, nah, they couldn't do all this,
4: could they?" And Don't they, well,
2: well, right? When, and but when then, you look, and we'll we'll save the big deep stuff. But when you look at his connections throughout other cultures and in numerology, there's mm-hmm there's enough to fill like a three hour episode.
0: There's no way. And there's no way that's all coincidence. You can only, you can only say, okay, that's coincidence so many times. And and it's just number after number. And then like, you know, his number being 11, the amount of things that are 11s, it's crazy.
2: As with true language, that is not the NWO English language. Um, everything has a purpose. Everything is named. Everything is, um, is deified for a specific reason, just as words are spelled the way that they are for a specific reason.
4: Right, but in English, this, isn't it, doesn't it doesn't interesting? It, th- isn't it interesting that one of the first um, dictates in the Bible is for Adam to name all of the things, and then later all of the um, the crimes against God had to do with language, and not all of them, but uh, many of the great crimes against God had to do with language, and then we have the Tower of Babel story, and then the changing of language based upon that, and the changing of the names of
2: things, which is a direct, you know, affront to God. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you have the the um, the uh, reverence towards Enoch, uh, born of Cain, Enoch of Cain's line, who was credited by the Masons in occult circles with the creation of the first written languages, uh, pictographic language, which is is literally the hiding of knowledge in these sigils, in these symbols um, of written language, not spoken. Um, you know, for so long with uh, God's people, the faithful, you know, things were passed down orally, not written down in these encoded symbols.
0: Right, because everything so I think that's was, very important as well. well. Everything was frequencies and sound, and. This is a way to capture that. And uh, you're able to control the
2: narrative right. when you're putting it down on paper and standardizing and saying this means this um, when it comes to a physical representation. So you're forging association in people's minds and that association ends up being becoming corrupt.
4: It's very interesting that dictionaries weren't really uh, a, a thing until around the same time that we begin to see the English language. Obviously, you would think, okay, well, if the language was being born, then they're going to make dictionaries after that. But it's more like that's the cart before the horse. The dictionaries were created as a way of standardizing and creating a new language. And then we're seeing, again, just as Johnny mentioned earlier, you're seeing new dictionary definitions that are being added to the dictionary, which means you're seeing new standardizations and new words being created so that the word, the language itself can be shaped. And like the thing I said earlier about the New York Times frequency chart, that's the language being reset as we speak. The reset, it occurred, I think, it, you know, calling it a reset is is interesting but because it occurred at the time that it did. We're not really quite sure, but the when the English language was born, that was the first major, um, after Babylon, the first major language reset, but it continues, it ripples. So it doesn't have to be, all at once. We're like, we just introduced this new language. It's like, how the fuck is everybody going to learn it and speak it and stuff? Like, That's not going to work. No, no, no. You use the language that they're already speaking, and then you introduce this new way of saying it, and then you introduce these new words, and then little by little over time, you continue to introduce new terms and new words based upon the original structure that you started with, which was an ambiguous genderless androgyne type Mm -hmm. structure that you can use in order to hang all of this new uh, terminology and definitions on top of it and then you can achieve the things that you want. As we see, again, I don't think anybody would argue that there are not real world consequences to these this uh introduction of these new terms in right. language.
2: I think it's very in- it's very interesting uh, the first real dictionaries uh, created for the English language were between I want to say like the 1530s, 1550s, and uh, the end of the 1600s. Um, there were a lot of dictionaries that were created. And I believe between 1500 and 1650, that 150-year that period, uh, we're told that the number of words or the size of the vocabulary of English actually more than doubled in just 150 years.
0: Huh. Kind like of like populations in the 1800s. Time.
2: Yeah. Well, and now, and now we're seeing, too, there were over 455 words added this year alone to the Webster's Dictionary. And please don't go look up what was added because you, you'll just shake your head. Um, yeah. But I, I think we're seeing it happen just as it did you know, 500 years ago, according to official narrative, of course.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's exactly how they do it. And then don't forget that you, you always give the new terminology to the kids, Right. So the younger, the young, the young, the youth in schools, wherever, however you do it now, you just all the, the new languages, you know, on the, on the little scrying screen. Their well, there's
2: a, but uh, there's a certain point, you know, you reach a certain age when learning a new language or learning the new iteration of your language becomes not impossible, but very, very difficult. Skull, you could probably speak to that more he than just, I can. He, um, s-
0: he said that last hour we did. He did the whole thing on that.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: I must well, have been, and I must have here's. Kid but, to okay, but
4: that's a really good point. That's a really good point because how would you introduce a whole new language? Like people already speak this other language. Well, you wouldn't do that. It's very easy to take the new language and then the slang that we say. Let's say, let's say they even introduced a new language that's like really different, but you could basically understand it. And uh, maybe we we can read that thing in just a minute. Um, but. In the houses, in the households and in the farms and on the fields and stuff and out in the city square, people still use the original language that they use. But now you have this new system with a printing press, interestingly, that just came out at that time, and a system of of authority and dictionaries being written where the standardization is dictated by the authorities. And so it doesn't really matter what the vulgar vulgar people down the street – are you know holding on to what's written and what will be remembered are the standard definitions that were introduced at this time and that will be continued to be introduced and so now that you have the written form like uh, reinhardt was saying earlier i was like like first it was oral tradition so you can't really change that because otherwise nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about but if you have like this new set of symbols and sticks and lines and squiggles that means a thing then all of a sudden now you can go well this means this and then everybody's like, well, no, it doesn't. Well, this is the thing we were talking about earlier. And like, no, 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 this means this. And then the next generation of people, the next orphan trains, will be taught and educated that this means this. And now you've redefined whatever the word was and changed it uh, forever. Right. Right. And
0: like culture. Go ahead, Reinhardt.
2: Oh, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, please. You're going to forget. <laughs> It's fine.
0: It's it's fine. Go ahead. You guys are the language guys. Go ahead.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, I was just going to say, and you have that happening in all aspects of society, in religion, in academia, of course, uh, entertainment, <clears throat> all forms of entertainment at all ages too. Um, but specifically when it comes to controlling the aspects of our lives and now in this new, this, you know, new nine 11, era that we are in with covid um i think we're going to see it ramp up and we are seeing it ramp up like i said almost 500 new words this year alone added um and they're changing the meanings. Go, you've been posting on your channel so much over the past like couple of months word meanings that have changed in real time and we've talked about that too on the show you know that the definition of fully vaccinated uh changing but they're doing that with dozens of words probably hundreds we just germ theory see. germ well, theory germ theory
4: yeah that's a whole new definition and a whole new concept, and now the whole world is completely controlled by it. Completely.
1: No, not not just not germ theory, but virus specifically. Virus used to mean poison. Yeah, used be yeah, just a poison.
0: About a hundred years ago, virus is actually meant to poison. Yeah.
1: Yeah, even it? less than that. I think it was uh, in the in the nineteen twenty. Well, oh gosh, a hundred years. years ago. Talk about yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yep, I know. Imagine that. Hmm. Um, we were talking about the vowel shift, actually. Back and that is actually a real thing that's been studied by linguists. So this isn't something that some weirdo on YouTube just made up. Uh, what was his name Otto Jespersen, a Danish linguist and anglicist, coined the term, the Great Vowel Shift. Interesting. So. It has to do with, like I said, with the changing of the long vowels and adding the short vowels and adding the word that you were talking about this week. It's called diphthong. (laughs) A a word that's been Mandela affected. Yeah, But uh, the diphthong... Imagine that. Yeah, the diphthong is the vowel where uh, the tongue changes position to produce the sound of two vowels. It's like one of the definitions, right? But, um, But that only happens when they change the language that it wasn't like that before so they added the diphthong and that's was the in the the vowel shift so it changed everything that's when they standardized basically tried to standardize the English language and they added they added the short vowels and it changed the language completely it changed the meanings of words it changed and by changing those meanings you know you can you can change a lot of other things um the reset Started in the 1300s, and it took them a few hundred years for it to completely take place, and uh the plague is in there. Isn't that part of how the one guy says the reset happened? They killed 200 million people in Europe? Like, there you go. There's yeah, the-, the Black Death it happened
4: yeah. almost... At the exact same time when they were doing the Great Vowel Shift mm-hmm. and the English language was just being standardized right before. It was 1347 to 1351 is right. when we're told the black, black Death occurred. And I don't know what is, you know, true or not, or how did people really die or did they really just poison wells? I don't believe whatever the story we're told is the story, but something happened. And they used those stories, those narratives, and possibly, you know, those deaths... To get rid of a bunch of people that are problematic and to shuffle them away. And then you have this new society, this new set of people, this new standardization. And you can introduce, again, like I said, it's like the orphan trains. It's like, scoop all these people out. Who knows what happened? Why are all these buildings there? There's nobody in these cities, completely empty. And then you repopulate it with these new people. The new people don't know the story or the history of what came before that history is rewritten and then introduced, and then you have a whole new set of people who goes, who just go, oh yeah, this is how things have always been. And there was another um, small one after the Black Plague, which was a smallpox epidemic that just happened. I think the guy said 50 years after. I don't quite remember the number, but it was some, somewhat not that long after the Black Plague, and, or the Black Death. So it's you had these other kinds of resets happening at the same time, interestingly enough. Right, so
0: you have... You have uh die-offs of population and you replace them and as you replace them you educate them you know what you replace them with the kids and you educate the kids in the schools make make education education compulsory and you give them the new language the the books that you print there you go and it's they're doing it now um like you said what was it uh just, just changing the language in general, not just the definition of like fully vaccinated, but just adding new words to the lexicon in general. Like, um, what were some of the ones that we we got with COVID? Uh, the new ones are build. Well, these are phrases, but build back better, like things you've never heard before, you know. Until until social distancing, social distance,
1: right? That's a good. That's one. That, yeah. that's probably one that's going to last uh probably the longest social distancing right and, and because before the idea the idea that you needed to st- to stay six feet away from someone for any reason at all just seemed like you were punishing people like like when two when two siblings are fighting with one another okay get away from one another get out of arms reach from one another right, right. Yeah, but now 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 it's like everyone must stay six feet away from one another to protect everyone's lives. Well,
0: the thing about social distancing is that you're not even distancing socially. Social distancing is when I don't return your... When I leave you on read, right? Like, that's, that's social distancing. You are physically distancing six feet. That's not social distancing. That's not... Like, it's a misuse of the term. And that's another thing that they do is they take language and they make you like change the definition to like, that's not the definition, but that's what everybody believes the definition is now. So I guess that's the, I guess we're just going with that. You know,
2: there's a lot of um super spreader this year. And it even says, I'm looking at it right here, an event or location at which a significant number of people contract the same communicable disease often used before another noun. The term super spreader originally referred to a highly contagious person capable of passing on a disease to many others and can now also refer to a single place or occasion.
4: Yeah, that refers to me when I take a seat on the subway. Super spreader. Nice. <laughs> I know it wasn't that funny.
0: It's okay.
4: Uh, it's I, I was like, we didn't
1: say crop duster. <laughs> ah! All right. All right. All right. That's Back to work.
0: language. Back to language. Um, yeah, there you go. Speaking of you know, it's, yeah, words that mean have different meanings. Um
4: Oh man we skipped over so much stuff so because there's so much there's no way to there, cover yeah, everything yeah it's okay so, so um
0: i want to get this out i want to get this out there i don't care because i know you, i know you had to physically restrain yourself from doing a voicemail about it uh but voicemail voice message
4: i'll, I'll do another one tonight
0: you're gonna do another one tonight <laughs> okay
3: one tonight, then.
0: that's fine yeah um man it's been bugging me all day that i'm now sitting in front of ouija board I know. Yep. Uh, like We're all sitting in front of our own personal high-tech, the highest of technology, Ouija boards. What do I you know, mean, Johnny?
2: Ritual tabs sitting open right in front mean? of me.
1: What do you mean, now, Johnny? we
2: really have to do this
1: one at a... We have to do this, like, one step at a time yeah. for what that means. Yeah. So...
4: Yeah.
0: Your computer... Yeah, it's been bugging me all day, though, since I saw that thing. <laughs> Uh, You know, the one board game you would never, ever allow in your house, right? Is Ouija, right? The Ouija board. The Parker
4: Brothers Ouija board.
0: Nobody's ever letting that in their house to let their kids play with, right? She'll let them play with the laptop. You know, you let it. Hell no. Know.
4: My like, mom was adamant about I was never to use one of those things ever. And right. Then, and then I was adamant about never using one because I was like, hey, I don't want to open myself up to evil spirits. Wouldn't want to do that.
0: Right, I mean, we call we call the phones in our pockets the scrying screen, you know. Like we, you know, ironically, it's not, and it's not, not ironic at all. It really is. Um, and the computer is the screen as well. But you have right in front of you, you have all the letters and the numbers and and a little familiar to help you move your instrument of curse to the to the sigils. <laughs> oh my god. It's called a mouse. Yeah, familiar. Yeah, yeah, a you're mouse. Fam- yeah, the mouse, the fam- the witch is familiar.
4: The mouse is moving your instrument of your cursor which is shaped which is shaped just like the little thing that you use in the Ouija board. It's called right. A planchette. A planchette, yeah.
1: Invented planchette. invented by the company whose symbol is an apple with a bite out of it symbolizing the the fruit uh, from the tree of knowledge that had gotten Adam and Eve cast out of
4: Eden, right? Right.
1: Of all yep. things, the
2: knowledge of good and evil. Evil.
4: Hmm. Yes.
2: The dichotomy, but guys. Johnny, hey, you, you guys. said it, but just in case
4: somebody missed it, the the thing that moves around on the screen is called a curse or cursor.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: But guys, guys, that's just edgy, and like you know, nobody really believes that, and it's just you know, you're, you're seeing things where there's not things, and you're
4: right. No, we're not. This is really what's going on. (laughs) Basically, the Ouija board is the analog version of the thing that we're sitting in front of right now. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, it's funny. I was just talking with some guys in my chat last night, and uh, somebody brought up the first iteration, the first first idea of what would become the Internet actually came from John D. and Edward Kelly. Yes. Uh, The Internet for them was contacting and um what's the word what's the word um controlling i guess taking control of demonic spirits in order to carry messages and knowledge between people Mm -hmm. basically scrying between sigils yeah yes Using,
0: using sigils and basically the internet
2: there you Traveling go. through yeah. the astral planes to carry knowledge, hmm, hmm. through Wi Fi, through the air, so uh, like
0: through the air, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's the Lord, of which the air? is
4: ruled by the Prince of the Power of the Air, right?
2: right. Of the Air, yes, right. the Lord of the Air, over the and there's airwaves, way more, radio,
4: way more sigils and symbols on a computer available. At, remember how we looked, we watched that, um, kind of silly video a little while back. Uh, the Professor Bulwark Smythe, I think his name was. I'm probably getting the name a little bit wrong, but it's that puppet with the third eye thing. And he's talking about how the seals of Solomon are contained in the first 72 ASCII emoji and how they were basically like sigil magic that we were using inadvertently. And then now I'm thinking about this and I'm like, no, no, that was 100% true. That's exactly what they did.
0: Oh, emojis? Yeah. (laughs) Emojis are definitely sigils. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, when you yeah, just look at the magic. sigils, like out of the lesser, the lesser key of Solomon and you, you that, look yeah. at the, uh, you know, I'm looking at my PC right now. I've got a window on one side. I can look at all the components and I see sigils in there. Mm-hmm.
4: And even uh, our icon that we use to represent ourselves is called the avatar. It's an avatar of ourselves. I mean, just like how much it's like we're putting ourselves into this world. On top of everything else,
0: right? Just walking around, just casting spells in your little scrying screen all day long, using power—you know, Mm -hmm. using the power of words. It's it's, it's crazy, man. But like, no, you're just talking to people. You're just typing words, John. You're just like, you're texting. You're you're leaving comments. You're liking. You're disliking. You're you're trolling somebody. You're telling them to to kill themselves, retard. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's just. You're,
4: as you're, fun as that can be.
0: You're casting spells. That's what you're doing. Yeah. So does that make everybody a witch? Yeah. Or a wizard? Or a warlock?
4: It, it definitely makes you reevaluate what you're doing when you're sitting down at these things, and especially when you pontificate about how you would never, ever use a Ouija board.
2: Right. So if you're, if you're looking at porn on your scrying screen, then you're basically uh, doing what you're following in the same vein as Aleister Crowley.
5: Your sex magic,
2: yeah. Yeah. Spilling the cup of permies with your black scrying screen, your sigil magic.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: God, I just thought of that. That is a terrible thing. And degenerate.
0: Wait a minute. So I don't want to talk about that. All right, never mind. Um, But yeah, that's been bugging me all day. That whole thing about that. And, and when I saw that, I was I actually I didn't see it. I was listening. I wasn't watching anything while I was driving, because that's unsafe. But I was listening to it and occasionally looking at the screen. <laughs> and he got to the part with the Ouija board. And I was like, no. The computer is a high-tech Ouija board. And it really is. And they talk about the screen and the wizards using their scrying screen and their, their orbs that they're always pondering. Um, orbs are just, you know, they're just early versions of FaceTime, right?
1: Right, they're tablets.
0: Right, they're tablets, yeah. They're, they're original iPad.
1: They're, they're, Maybe they're the real orbs
0: were the computers we pondered along the way. And then the mirror, of course, and then the mirror and every, you know, all the, the you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, all the... uh all the mirrors that you you yeah, know, No, no, it's, it's magic you, you mirror. Ma- Ma- no, it's it's mirror mirror. I don't, care. <laughs> I don't care what I what what Nelson Man <laughs> what what Nelson Man Mandebo has to say. So yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I mean you can see the Just reflection saying. right you can see the reflection right off of C three PO's silver leg that's always been there.
4: See D V you do that and it's really that's gonna I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, the, gonna the, ponder C three PO's silver leg. Right. <laughs> you one. do all the
1: time. You well, ponder the crap out I, of it. You, yeah.
4: Hang on, stop. You, you stop. ponder
1: it to you ponder it to the point that where publishers clearinghouse needs to bring you a check.
0: He you ponder it to the point where Dogbot has to do but, this ridiculous bit. Okay. All right.
2: Um where it's literally five <laughs> st- stitched together bits.
0: Yes. Uh Do you know what dude? The Stoufer's We need to make a gif st- of it. Stop it. The Stoufer's stovetop stuffing <laughs> one. It's not Stoufer's, it's craft. <laughs> God, I'm starving now. I know. I'm starving. I have asked I've asked probably 100 people this week about stovetop and it's everybody said Stoufer's. Every single. It's fucking Stoufers, right? It's Kevin Stouffer's. James. Kevin it's James. Craft. Kevin Kraft. James has a stand-up. Stouffer. In his stand-up, he does like that. a ten-minute bit where he talks about the guy going to the Stoufers factory every day and making stuffing.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: Why would Kevin it James is. from King of Queens like like literally? That's like his 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 stand-up is is like based around long story form, like comedy, right? So. He, in a a half hour comedy special this is one third of his bit is to talk about stove for stovetop stuffing that's it's an awful big commitment to a bit that doesn't exist yeah his bit was actually funny too anyway um are we done with language for the night i don't know we got to go back to it because we have so much more to it should we should we jump into another language rabbit hole real quick
4: yeah, I got to get out of here. Jump. You, you guys sh- can keep going, but I got to go.
0: All right, well, Skull's got to go. Man, actually, I do too. Holy cow,
4: it is late. All right,
0: well, you know what? We're leaving on that cliffhanger. How about that? We're gonna do another one of these before the end of the season. It'll be probably the very season finale of the language episode. We're gonna talk about Janus, Janus, and the connections of- I- with him. And what?
1: Did you guys know that the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out? 20 years ago today does that make any of you guys feel old
2: uh that's crazy
4: kind of yeah holy shit
2: considering those are the first pg-13 movies i ever saw
1: oh my gosh just imagining little baby reinhardt sitting there with popcorn watching the
2: lord of the
0: rings pg-13 i guess because of all the orc killing and stuff yeah
2: all right it wasn't gonna be g
0: no pg I don't see why it would be a PG thirteen.
4: Any movie where there's going to be it's going to be full of orcs doing what orcs do probably needs to be at least PG thirteen.
1: Also, the pot smoking.
4: Right. The, the yeah. The yeah. No. The wacky weed. The long
0: bottom leaf. Anyhow, that's a whole different subject. Uh, we are going to we will come back. I promise we'll come back and it will, will be uh, the rest of the language reset episode with uh, the English reset and all that. Um, next week, we're going to have our live stream. So I think I'll have the phones working that week, too. So let's 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 say we're going to do a call in live stream, but we might not. But we probably will. Uh Nationalist Inquirer as usual on Wednesday. And Skull, thank you for joining us. We'll see you back in a couple weeks for the second half of this.
4: Yeah, I'll I'll make time to be there for that for sure. Thanks,
0: right. guys. Right on. Alright, bro. Thanks for joining Bye, us. Bye, bro. Later's. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh we got a pasta. Do you guys want to do it? Who's is somebody doing a George Floyd creepy pasta for this one?
3: i mean i can do one yeah could you yeah All i right. mean i ha- I had one picked out but i could totally uh save that for later well I, and then do did you george have one floyd that floyd goes with language not with language no oh well never mind then
0: just do a george floyd one in like honor a- of amazon banning it press f it is now banned if you have a copy oh, finally yeah if i'm you have-
1: glad i got one
0: Oh,
3: I made sure. I, I made sure we all got we all got those. Uh, are we Are we going to take bets on how long it will take for Antelope Hill to publish it?
1: Um, for some reason, my Der Spiegel propaganda book hasn't made it to me yet. Does anybody have uh contact information for that company or Your
0: Der Spiegel? Which one? Oh, the um the Judenpress one or whatever.
5: Yeah.
0: Oh wow. I got mine. You didn't, uh, you should have an email, a confirmation email. Just check. I mean, I just
2: found that off of a, off of a telegram post. So yeah, you should be able to find some contact info in your like yeah. order confirmation.
0: Yeah, okay. I would, I would email them anyways. Um, it's actually pretty good. It's, it's really good. Uh, it's I, awesome. I recommend, I recommend everybody get a copy of that. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, Jack's going to read us a creepy creepypasta, and we'll see
3: y'all later. Time travel makes you gay. So one day, my dad was practicing his daily routine. He was butt naked and meditating while using George Floyd toys as knee pads. While listening to Hitler's speech, my dad said that all nigger monkeys should die. Around that time two weeks ago, I was really into witchcraft. So I decided to do a ritual to bring George Floyd back to life so my dad can beat that stupid monkey nigger with a metal baseball bat. So me and my dad decided to drench our George Floyd toy in pig's blood in order to bring him back to life. We had to do the entire ritual and sing through two poems written by Monkey Killer in 1786. The poems were written by him while he had two niggers captive in his basement. The poems go, walking through a forest, a glimmer of hope, as we walk through there, a nigger of mope, when we got attacked by a creature. It seemed to be a large black monkey. We whacked that monkey with our chains and beheaded him. We later realized it was a nigger. To all those dead nigger wasps I kill, I am not sorry. To all those dead nigger wasps I kill, it's your fault for being a nigger. It's your fault for existing. You disgusting fucking nigger wasps, I hope to kill every single one of you stupid big dick monkey niggers kill the niggers slam their asses stomp their heads on a rock they don't deserve respect when we recited that poem our dicks immediately became longer almost the size of george floyd's penis that we saw in the porn we saw him in almost as if we were transforming into him we suddenly got the urge to rob a pregnant woman at gunpoint but we had a ritual to do we read the second poem goddamn fucking niggers i hope they all die before they die they need to die my dick with a die come kill the niggers now our skin started turning black and we wanted to start taking fentanyl we started robbing innocent pregnant women at gunpoint and starring in nigger porn and then we felt a sudden breathtaking moment i was panicking i was in a temporary bliss state i couldn't breathe neither could my dad george floyd's ghost went up to me and told me that he was the superior he wanted us to feel what he felt he wanted everyone to know he couldn't breathe my dad's neck deflated and i told george floyd i'm sorry he disappeared months later in bed i saw that george floyd was growing on my dick i knew what i had to do i went to the bathroom and grabbed a knife and i chopped my entire dick off i then saw george floyd crying in the field position in my closet i knew what i had to do I laid him on his back, took my George Floyd toy, and wrapped it around his neck. He couldn't breathe. He was breathless again. Knowing I had killed that monkey Jew who fucked my father in the cumhole is incredible, and I hope to never see this creature again.